You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's up, fuckos? How's everybody doing? It is December 23rd. This is the holiday episode. How's everybody? It is the holidays. Um, I hope you're all practicing. I know it's tough, uh, especially right now. There's like a scramble to get all your presents wrapped and, you know, maybe you're going to go see, maybe you're visiting family, going to grandma's house or whatever, but <clears throat> don't forget, don't forget to practice or at least, you know, get your shit together, get all your shit and get it together. <laughs> um, let's see. Practice for me this week was pretty good. I woke up super early today to practice. I'll tell you guys, I woke up at 4.50. My chickens aren't even up at that hour. I wake up before the rooster would crow, if I had a rooster. Um, 4.50 today, got my gear, got all set up, you know. I put 10 arrows down, uh, you know, I get my bow all set up, and... Uh, Pull out, well, it's <laughs> just so you guys know, I'm in the laundry room, right? And I've built my laundry room to have a, a removable window. And that removable window allows me to shoot into the backyard. And so I, I shoot in this nice little cozy, I mean, it's still freezing, but I shoot in a nice little cozy shielded spot out out to my uh, my target in the back. Uh, Rudy Sandoval hooked me up with this big foam block. So, <laughs> I get, like, a pretty legit range going. So, I get all my shit together, I pull the window off, and what happens? I get hit in the face with, like, a gallon of water. Man, I thought California didn't rain, and now it's raining all up in my practice. It is it, it so rainy right now that I almost, you know threw my plastic stuff away in the garbage instead of recycling it, just hoping that I could globally warm this place by a couple degrees. But, um, now nah, I figured, you know what, I'll take a day off. Fuck it. Not what I want to do, but, you know, we'll do it for the game. Uh, not stoned tonight, guys. Um, you know, the last time I did the stoned episode, that was, you know, the thing to do. Um, but kind of figured I'd clean it up. Well, one for my kid, you know. I'm not saying that my kid's going to get a sober me all the time. She's going to have a stoner dad. But not like uh, not like a California stoner. Maybe like a once in a while. You know, once once a year. Maybe once every six months. Maybe every three months. Who knows? But it's too close to Vegas now, you know. And it's not to put all my eggs in one basket and say, oh, I'm going to make the shoe off and then, you know, i gotta, I got to pee clean. 
But it's any dog's day. If you can shoot a 300, it's any dog's day in Vegas. So don't get DQ'd because you're fucking pissing hot for weed. So that's, that would be dumb. Um, let's see. In Archery News, there's some cool stuff going down, guys. Did you see Trueball release the new release? Not the Chris Perkins executive, right? Chris Perkins executive has some beauty to it in the fact that it's a simple hinge release, right? The ugly is they took a simple hinge release and they made it fucking, I'm sorry, I don't mean to curse. They made it damn complicated by creating this little like extendo neck thing on it. It's like, all right, I would have liked that release much better if it was a fixed, fixed head. And maybe it would defeat the purpose, but I promise you that would be a cooler release if that did not have that little, you know, extendo neck, you know. But anyway, Trueball is hitting us with a battery, or not a battery, but like a one-two punch of releases here. They released a new Jesse Broadwater Abyss. And as you guys all know, I've switched to the Abyss like a couple... Uh, a couple months, maybe about a month ago, I switched to a thumb button. So when I saw this, it made me raise an eyebrow. It looks cool. It definitely looks cool. Um, but man, it looks, it looks okay. It's just funny because a few episodes ago, I was complaining about how there's no innovation in archery. There's legitimate innovation going down. All right. It's hitting now. I think it's kind of been at a lull for like a year or a year and a half. Maybe two years because of COVID, whatever. But um, the innovation that's coming out is wild. They are like, they're like, what do you want? You want you want this? We'll give you everything. So Trubo creates this thumb button release that, you know, you turn a screw and it's like an Evo. It's a tension release where you can pull it. Oh, and not just that, it's got the flex finger adjustments. Oh, and not just that, like, you can adjust the angle of the whole goddamn handle thing. I, it's just wild. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be like 300 or 400 bucks. Um, I won't be buying one. Uh, I do think they're cool looking, very cool looking. But I guess I'm just old school, and I just want to... Just want a regular handle with a button, and that reminds me, I'm I'm looking for people who want to trade a flex abyss. I have the flex, right? I have two. I have a brass one and a silver one, and I want to keep the silver one because it's special to me. Uh, my buddy Doug gave it to me, so it it means something to me. I'm gonna keep it, but I have a brass one that I would like to give up. It's an it's a brass flex, and I would like to trade it with anyone out there who has a medium old school abyss and that was pretty like not classy using my podcast to try to like finagle a trade out so i'll try to keep it to a minimum i'll try to make that the last time i do it okay <laughs> but if anyone out there got one and you want the new flexi handle doodad let me know um so yeah the new broadwater signature series evo thumb button doodad uh it's cool it's cool uh Broadwater is looking cool this year. He's got a Hoyt jersey on. He's got, you know, new signature release. He's looking dialed in. Uh, it's going to be cool to see uh, Broadwater do some damage this year. But it's going to be cool to see anyone do damage. 
You know, everyone knows that I'm a huge fanboy about Khrushchev. I want to see that guy do some damage. Also, Mike Schlosser. Um, man, I'm just a fanboy over, over over so many people. Uh, I'd like to see Kevin Wilkie beat him up in Vegas. I want to see Blake Jerome make it to the shoot-off. Uh, I don't know if I had mentioned it in my podcast recently, but uh, I had just, you know, my last guest was Kai. Kai won uh, some indoor shoot-up where he ended up going up against Blake. And... Uh, it was a bloodbath, but Kai came out on top. So, man, it, like I said, those guys up in Washington, it's... I, I don't know what they eat up there. It's insane. Whatever it is, we, we're we just getting tidbits of it down here. Um, but, you know, maybe we're just slow learners, us Californians. I'm hoping we can start to pick it up. Uh, other things in archery news. State 450 is coming up. The CBH State 450. So, hopefully, you guys have signed up. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you shoot it at your local shop. If your shop is authorized to host it, um, you sign up on the CBH website, go to CBH SAA archery. I don't know what it is. Just Google it and, uh, click on the indoor. There is a link to register. All right. And, uh, Hopefully, there's a shop nearby you. You can shoot it. You don't have to drive too far. It, this is going to be interesting. In my heyday, a 450 would win it. right? If you could shoot a perfect 450, you pretty much won it in any class. right? And then towards the... Towards the shaky year, 450, or towards the shaky... You know, when I wasn't such a... You know, I started tapering off a little bit, and you can kind of see that uh, I had holes in my game. Usually two people would score a 450, and then, you know, whoever had the higher X count would take it. The last couple of years, I think multiple 450s have been shot. So this year, my prediction is there will be two 450s in the men's pro freestyle, and there will be two 450s in the men's, you know, amateur freestyle. Uh, for all the other classes... <clears throat> Strive for a 450, you know. Uh, I'm not going to put you down. The the two classes I'm watching are dudes pro freestyle and the dudes adult amateur freestyle. All right. I'm guessing there's going to be two 450s in each class. Just guessing. I could be wrong. Just guessing. Um, I'm busting my ass right now so I can be one of those 450s. Uh, if I don't, if I can't pull it off, I'll, you know, I'll settle for a 449. But, again, that's not what I want. Uh, yeah. I remember one year, me and Seneca Nunez shot 450s. And I just got them by X count. It was a good year. It was a very good year. Me and Seneca were always... Seneca Nunez, you guys should check him out. He's, uh, I think he shoots out of Reading or up in that Reading area. Dude's a beast. At one time, I could honestly say that guy was... Probably one of the best field archers in uh, California, or at least tied with Rubio. All right, those two guys are some of the best field archers in California. Um, amazing, amazing shooter, and Seneca has always given me a run for my money. Uh, something about Souzas though are just lucky. We're just lucky. 
I don't know if it's a genetic thing or if maybe Suze has suffered a whole bunch in the past and now, like, present Suze's get a bunch of luck. So I just get lucky. Anyone that watched the Barry Open will tell you. Wendell uh, is just a lucky cat. So, yeah, 450 is coming up. If you guys are practicing, don't tell me you're gunning for X count. You know what I mean? Tell me you're trying to survive. Like, tell me how many ends you can go before shooting a nine. I don't care about your X count right now. I want to hear you tell me that you shot 60 tens back to back. Or 60 tens and half of them were X's. Or you can tell me your X count too. I won't poo poo on that. But one thing me and Nick Ingham used to do was we would call each other or text each other and say, hey, I just shot a 1200. Or I just shot a 1400. You know? And we'd go back and forth like that. And uh, I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm there now. But we'll try it. My buddy Alan and I, were trying to push each other. Do the same thing that me and Nick used to do. So, uh, tomorrow I'm going to see... You know, I'll wake up early. If there's no rain, god damn it, I'm going to... I'm going to see what kind of score I can put down. Ooh! Speaking of, I should tell you guys. So, I gave everyone a bunch of advice for how to run a hamskia. And forgive me if I'm not saying that correctly. I remember someone used to tell me it was really annoying how I would say the word hamskia. Hamskia. Um, if it's annoying, I apologize. I say a bunch of things wrong. Um, I also just drank a fat white Russian. <laughs> it's not It's not anything um, that, you know... Jocko Willink or Joe Rogan are going to sell. <laughs> John Dudley doesn't sell the fucking white Russian, but the dude abides. And so I uh, I got a white Russian in me. And um, shit, now I don't remember what I was going to talk about. Oh, the Hamskia. Okay. So this wonderful rest, the Hamskia, is a limb-driven drop. Well, you guys have heard me talk about it a whole bunch. I have a very particular way that I run it. A la Kevin Wilkie in Reading last year told me, hey, you get the little hammer arm, right? You guys remember the hammer from the old Hamskia rests? Um, you put that guy on there. I don't know why. It just looks cooler. You get more leverage, travel, whatever. Uh, you run that. You bolt your cable directly to that. Okay? So no spring going to the arm. You run it down to your limb. You run that... You know, there's a little spring and a clamp that goes to your limb. That's where you attach your, your rope, okay? So the spring is on your, on your limb side. And then you got a clear rope up to your ham skia and your hammer arm. Or you could just use the regular arm. You don't need to buy the hammer arm. If you want to save some money, you don't need it. Um, and then you just bolt the cable. Like, I just wrap the... The thing is, bolts tighten clockwise, right? And what you want is you want that that rope to come around the front of your hamskia arm or your, you know the hamskia travel part we'll say it's the arm and you want it to come it basically your rope's going to go counterclockwise so what i do is i loop that rope over counterclockwise so that the long part of the rope is in the front of the bow short parts in the back i hold it tight i move the arm so that the arrow rest is down all the way and then I hold it there under tension as I tighten that screw. 
If you do this right, you will never have to adjust this thing ever again. It is a rock solid setup. Um, I've been hearing, you know, I've 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 been curious. Like, mm, man, I wonder if I can still shoot a blade. Austin Watts is crushing it with his uh, arrow rest, which is just a blade rest. I think it's a spot hog. It's crazy. So me, I shot against Austin the other day as just for some practice, and he beat me. Right? We shot three hundreds. I believe I shot a twenty six x three hundred, and he shot a twenty eight. Or I shot a 24 and he shot a 26. I can't remember. But Austin was smoking. And just so you guys know how Austin runs his shit. He is shooting a blade with a wicked knock-high paper tear. Now this is what he tells me. Wicked knock-high paper tear so that he can clear his veins and everything over the blade. If this is true, people... I got soundly beat by that tune. All right, that tune works for the Austin shooting style. It does not quite work for mine, but I had to. I had to dabble in it and try it. So I took my. Um, I took my uh, AAE arrow rest, and uh, I have an old AAE freak show, and threw that bad boy on. So I, I got my old AAE Freak Show on there. It's the I've had this thing for years now. It's got a number ten wide blade on it. I tossed this bad boy on and uh, and just started messing around. I got my hamskia set up, you know, in a way where I'm pretty sure I could throw it back on, and in like a day or two, I could have it back to where it was. Um, interesting thing. I shot my bow through paper. And for the past, like, three events that I've shot, I've been shooting a slight right tear. Um, pretty odd, you know. Last I had checked, it was a bullet hole, but at some point I changed something that migrated it to a right tear. So I gave the rest a little nudge and got it back to a bullet hole. Surprisingly, that did not in- improve anything, okay? So I'm going to say a half-inch right tear, maybe quarter-inch right tear to a bullet hole, Really did not change much in my downrange results. So a lot of you guys that are telling me, like, hey, I need a bullet hole. Uh, maybe. I'm going to say maybe you need a bullet hole. Austin Watch is shooting like a wacky vertical tear, and I was shooting really good with slight right tear. So anyway, I threw my blade on there. Um, ran just standard, you know, blade angle. I didn't do the Austin Watts like super low. Um knock high thing i i didn't want to set up my paper tuning setup either because shooting my bow in the house just wakes up wakes up the kid wakes up the wife it's just a little too loud you know at this moment so what i thought i would do is bear shaft tune and i was able to get my bear shaft hitting you know right in the same spot i know it's supposed to be slightly higher but it's pretty much right on top of my um fletched arrow so, you know, with that being said, I just started going to town, shooting the 10 arrow games. I'm starting to slow down my shooting on the 10 arrow um, ends. So, I know at first, I told you guys I was shooting the 10 arrows really fast and not giving each arrow its time. Now I'm starting to slow it down. I don't know what changed. I'm just starting to take every arrow a little more seriously. My goal, the thing that I'm practicing for, is not shooting nines. 
X's come when you break a shot in the middle. So, you know, that's the goal. Break a shot in the middle. But I'm not going to, um, you know, spank myself on the wrist if I shoot a 10. That's not an X. You know? The the whole goal for me right now is endurance. And is it it's endurance with 10s. Um, how long can you keep throwing 10s out there? I think is the thing that we should be working on right now. At least for everyone that's about to shoot a state 450, that's what we should be working on, you know, snatching up that 450. And just know if you break a shot in the middle and you're shooting a 27 diameter arrow, it's going to be an X. A good shot is going to be an X. So, you know, one thing you should focus on, breaking good shots. Duh. You guys all know that, right? Try to increase the frequency of good shots. Um, I had a really cool question from a listener who, uh, he was telling me, let me see if I can bring him up. I can use him for this. My buddy, Rich. All right. Rich was telling me, Hey man, I'm a 299 shooter. Um, what do I got to change? Like he, you know, he pretty much built the arrow that I had recommended. And he's like, the only difference is I haven't cut it to within an inch of the blade. Do I need to do that? I'm shooting 299s right now. And I told him, honestly, probably not. I don't think cutting that... If you're shooting a 299, that means you're you're hitting the 10 90... What is the correct? 96% of the time. All right? And that additional 3.5% is the one arrow that you're miss- missing. <coughs> So I don't think cutting that arrow shorter is going to give you that point. I would wager that you are... Now, I think I told Rich all this stuff already. I'm just reiterating this for anyone else who's in the same position. If you're shooting 299s and you're not hitting that 300, I would wager your problem is your focus. And that on one arrow, you are either elsewhere in your mind, right? You're thinking about, oh, I'm going to post this on social media, or, oh, I'm going to tell all my buddies I shot a 300 or oh man I'm going to shoot a 300 and go make babies tonight whatever it is it's not you're not in the moment of shooting a good strong shot right the other possibility is you're getting overwhelmed you're overthinking and then getting overwhelmed and you you have it in your mind before you draw that bow back now I'm just speaking from experience maybe your problem is something else right um, but there are times where before I even draw the bow back, I think in my mind, like, oh boy, this is going to be a tough one. I feel it. And then guess what happens? You draw back. The pin float is kind of good, but not as good as the others. And then as you start to execute, maybe it moves around a little extra and you're like, oh, well, you know, what's happening? So what do you do? Let it down. Don't shoot it. Don't send it. If you guys listen to the interview I had with Blake Jerome, he had a very awesome thing where he was like, the longer you're holding a shot that doesn't feel right, your percentage of, yeah, your percentage of success is being reduced the longer that time goes on. And that's like that's just brilliant stuff. Like like Blake's 100% right. And I remember that. So if that shot doesn't feel good... You know, the only time I will hold that crappy shot out is just to torture myself and see where that, see if I can pull it off. I won't do that in scoring. If if we're, 
If I'm shooting for score, I will not fuck around with that. The second it feels bad, you know, or my brain says, hmm, hmm, think about it, Wendell. I don't have to. It's done. You know, I'm letting it down. So if you're shooting two ninety nines, figure out, like, I used to figure out which end it was, right? Early on, before I could shoot a three hundred, Where are you dropping that one point? And then, when you hit that end, because for me, it was always, you know, it was always like 7th end, 6th end, I drop a point. And then it was always 8th end, I drop a point. God damn it, you know? Um, but it was pretty consistent, like where I dropped the points. Uh, and I would just take note of it. I dropped a point here on this end. So when you are clean and you hit that end, do a self-check. And when you get up to that line, be like, am I doubting myself? Am I, am I reducing my chances of breaking a good shot? And if you are, change it. Change the way you're thinking. All right? I have a, a pretty, like, not rock solid, but one thing that I like to do whenever I approach a target to shoot it, I try to quiet the voice in my head by simply thinking, how am I going to solve this problem? Here's an equation in front of me, right? It's 20 yards, uphill, downhill, straight, no wind. Maybe there's some wind. Um, orange spot, yellow spot, whatever. How am I going to do this? How am I going to solve this problem? Well, let's run the formula. What's the formula? Set your sight. Bam. Sight's good. You know, knock your arrow, blah, blah, blah. Go through all the process. Shoot the arrow, you know? Break a good shot. So... That's one way. That's one way you can break yourself out of it. Do like a self inventory. You know? You're dropping that one point has nothing to do with your gear. I'm assuming for most people, if you're shooting a two ninety nine, you're dropping that one point because of a momentary thing in your brain. Or a momentary thing in your emotions, or a momentary thing in you. It's not your bow, because your bow is getting you the 299 for everything else. It's working for you. You know, you and your bow are getting that 299. In the military, I'm not a military guy, but my buddy is. In the military, if you're nervous or you're starting to get hounded by anxiety, one thing you can do is play this thing called the movie game, right? Which is where you start thinking of movie titles alphabetically. So you think of A, right? Of course, your idea would be, you know, what movie titles do I know? It starts with an A. Assbusters, Assbusters Part 2, Anal um, Extravaganza, Anal Extravaganza 3. And then you go on to B, you know, Big Boobs 1, Big Boobs 2. And you just go through the movie titles until you get all the way down to Z. Or until it's your time to shoot. But if you do that and you go through the movie titles in your mind alphabetically, you can... Take your mind off of the anxiety. It's a very minor thing to take your mind off of the anxiety. And, you know, I don't, it might not be foolproof. Um, the thing that works for me, that whole, like, all right, like, let's get up there and solve this problem. You know what I mean? That's normally enough for me to cut the anxiety. That's not to say I'm not nervous. Like, anyone who knows me knows I'm nervous all the time. But there's a difference between being nervous and not being able to control yourself. Alright? And I'm telling you, all you have to do is learn to control yourself. And you'll pick up that extra point. 
I know you will. And um, to me, a two ninety nine shooter, just as dangerous as a three hundred shooter, especially in a shoot off. You know, the only difference is their confidence. So I really hope uh, any of you guys out there shooting two ninety nines can put what I'm saying to to work, and I hope you can pick up something. I hope I hope it helps. Like truly, all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make us California shooters shoot more like those fucking Washington guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right. So what else do we got in other archery news? Um, told you guys I was playing with the blade, practicing on the ten spot still. <gasps> I'm shooting three Fletch. I set up my triple X's. So I'm not telling you, no one who set up four Fletch, don't start cutting a Fletch off. Don't cut a vein off yet. All right. I'm testing the three Fletch, Silent Night 300s. I basically built the Krishoff arrow from the carbon back. I don't know what he ran for point. I think he ran like 250. And I, I'm kind of a, a tinier man, so I run 150. Um, not a hundred percent sure at this moment. The SK three hundreds versus the TAC three seventy fives. I want to say the TAC three seventy fives were a better vein, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Also, because I switched to this blade, um, I, I'm going to give it. I was going to give it till the four fifty. I was going to put the blade in these arrows nonstop practice till the four fifty, then shoot the four fifty and see how I perform with this combination again i'm at this point now where i'm really picking apart the nitty gritty on this bow if you guys are looking for other stuff peep height d loop length whatever earlier episodes okay that's where you'll find it stabilizer setup all that stuff check out the earlier episodes but right now what we're doing is you know we're at this stage where we really need to be practicing shooting and not fucking around with stuff not tinkering not you know not doing stuff like changing your arrow rest which i did um but i just wanted to see you know i, I was telling everyone hamski is the bomb um and i know a bunch of you guys out there still shoot blades so i thought why not why not shoot a blade and just see is it the same is it better you know what can i get out of it one cool thing is if you make a shot where you're torquing the bow you can hear the blade go twing you know so, <laughs> it's kind of like, it reminds me of shooting a Hoyt with spiral cams. If you shoot a Hoyt with a spiral cam, and you shoot a good shot, it's quiet. It's crisp. It's like, bam, shot's off. You shoot a dirty shot with a Hoyt, it's like, and it's, uh, you know, your keys fall out of your pocket, and your dentures rattle loose. It's gnarly. Those bows tell you when you shoot a shitty shot. And it's not far off from the blade. The blade will tell you if you shoot a bad shot. It's not as punishing as a spiral cam, but the sound will tell you, hey, you know, something's not clean here in your release hand. So I do like that. I do like that aspect. Um, on the other hand, you know, I don't like the fact that blades have lifespans, right? At some point, this uh, spring steel is going to wear out or someone's going to walk by and push on it and bend it. Um, again, that's highly unlikely. Uh, but we'll see. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it the college try and see what kind of results I get. I'm getting a very slight amount of vein contact on the right side of the blade. Doesn't seem to be a big deal. I'm just going to try to keep them all the same. 
Um, I threw the powder test on. I, a lot of you guys know I do. Uh, I use something called developer spray, um, which is it's just like talc powder or some kind of really fine powder that is used with alcohol. The alcohol vap- evaporates, and you just have this nice clear layer of powder. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the the vein contact's real minimal. And it shoots good. The current setup shoots X's less than my Hamskia. I'm going to say about three X's less. And, you know, I'm no Hoover shooter, so it could be me. I'm going to... That's why I want to give it another week of shooting. Might be a couple days. Might just be a couple hundred more arrows. I usually say 500 arrows to know for sure. So after I put that, you know... mm, if I get a, give it a college try, a solid college try, I'll let you guys know for sure. As of right now, it's got potential. I mean, the bow bear shaft tunes, that's amazing. This is the first bow, no, I'm sorry, second bow I've ever been able to bear shaft tune. My my form is so nasty that it normally don't happen, but it's happening now, so I'm kind of digging it. <sighs> hmm, that white Russian's catching up to me, guys. Um, in other archery news, someone, someone, I think it was on Facebook, posted up that all the, a lot of the new hunting bows are heavier than advertised. Hoyts and PSCs are heavier than advertised. The, the PSE, what, Levitate or the PSE Carbon Stealth Ultra Bow or whatever, and then the new Hoyt are like a little heavier than advertised. Damn, that's a bummer. You know whose bow wasn't heavier than advertised? Matthews! Oh, yeah! <laughs> now, I really don't. I, I really don't care. I'm not sp- sponsored by Matthews, so I'm not a Matthews shill. I am sponsored by Gold Tip, however, and let me tell you, those Gold Tip arrows, a lot of people were talking shit when I, when I made this post about shooting Gold Tip arrows, right? Uh, Keith Baggett was like, oh, you're going to get 11 out of 20. You're going to be like the same or whatever. Keith, you're wrong. You're wrong, homie. 36 arrows. I got 36 because I was afraid of shooting an all-carbon arrow that wasn't like all pristine like an Easton arrow. Um, Two of them out of 36 were, I'm going to say, I think it was like three quarters of a grain heavier or less than the the number that I just kept like it just kept hitting the same number over and over again. I thought my I thought my scale was broken for a minute. So uh, amazing, amazing. Uh, the gold tip pierce tours, three dozen of them are very weight consistent. Um, but you know, as my buddy Rudy pointed out, weight's just one factor. It's really not that important of a factor. And he's right. I, I weighed the, my arrows after winning field nationals. I shot Easton ACEs, right? I, sh- I weighed them after field nationals. There, some of them were five grains difference, six grains difference from each other. Um, it's really not that important. What's important is your spine consistency. At least this is what I believe, right? Maybe I just got lucky with... Uh, with the, that wacky weight variation and just happen to shoot the right ones at the right time. But I believe that a couple grains, I'll say up to five, not a big deal. Um, yeah, I truly don't think so. But uh, spine consistency is a big deal. And I've shot arrows where 
I have knock tuned all you know bear shaft knock knock indexed all of them. Uh, if I have the time, I'll, I will do that with the Pierce tours. The arrows that I shot my best scores with, I did not do that. They were um, nano pros. I shot nano pros way back in the day and shot really good outdoor scores with those. Those I did not bear shaft. I just fleshed them up and gone. Just went with them. And now I'm kind of thinking, shit, well, maybe I should do that with the Pierce Tours. But you know what? Like, why not put the best effort in? I spent all night squaring one end of all these 36 arrows the other night. <laughs> and now I'm just waiting for another night. Another movie night me and my wife have. I'm going to square all the other ends. <laughs> and then I can finally start building them. 36 arrows is a lot. And it's a lot of square. I'm, like, covered in carbon. I sneeze and black dust goes up everywhere. It's like a reverse Scarface, man. Um, but yeah, hey, what do you know? Those Pierce tours, weight consistent. All right, and I'm not saying that just to be a shill. Like, if you guys are wondering what kind of arrow you should shoot for a field, and the weight matters to you, if you're one of those guys that weight indexes your points and your veins and your all that shit, <clears throat> shafts are pretty damn consistent, dude. I'm going to say for a bulk of them, it's plus or minus 0.1 grain. I posted up a picture of 18 of them on Instagram. Um, and it's only because I started to get tired of weighing every single one. I started weighing every other one. And I was like, damn, damn, these things are good, man. So I'm excited to shoot those, but eyes on the prize, right? Anyone who's thinking about outdoors right now is not focusing. We got to focus on indoor. All right, let's get them 27s pounding. Let's get our mental games under wrap. Let's shoot some fucking 300s. All right, or at least I realize that there are people out there that aren't shooting 300s yet. Just know that you're capable of it. If you can chain together a 30, you can chain together a 300. It's there. You can do it. It's it's really more mental than anything else. And then the other half is probably like conditioning your body to do this stuff. And, you know, of course, there's, you know, the arrow rest, the arrows and the veins and all that stuff. Well, we'll get into it. Well, when I figure out what works for tiny people, I'll let you guys know. Um, apparently, the 150 point thing has been working out for a lot of people. I got a lot of really cool messages of people telling me, hey, this is working for me. So, right on. Um, I just want you guys to know, like, Tim Gillingham also recommends 150, but then he says bump it up if you have to. Bump it up 50 grains at a time. He's got a thing called Gold Tip University, or I think that's what it is, Gold Tip University. It's arrow building and how to make super, super uh, badass arrows. One thing he says I don't agree with, though, <coughs> is go four flesh biggest veins you can get. And because I'm like a, you know, trying to find the balance between speed and steering, uh, I, I can't agree with that. But if you're big, if you're a giant, giant dude like Gillingham is where, you know, you don't have to cut arrows. <laughs> like 34-inch arrows or 32-inch arrows just about fit on the rest. Um, you might have to. You might have to run more point weight. You might have to run giant veins, you know? Uh, the speed is not a factor for you guys with longer draw lengths. And I'm envious uh, and I'm jealous and all that, but, you know... <coughs> We got to make do with what we got, with what we were blessed with. The only thing, <laughs> I guess I'm not jealous then. I am jealous about the confident guys, people that are really confident that don't get nervous. 
I'm like, oh, if only aim size could put that in a pill, then I wouldn't bash on aim size so much. I'd probably buy their product. Aim size overconfidence. No. What would it be? Aim size undeserved sense of self-respect. <laughs> That's what it would be. I'd be all over that shit, man. I'd be down on that stuff and not shoot nurturing. But, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much the, the episode for you guys um, this week. You know, nothing too crazy going on. Uh, I hope you guys are getting ready. I'm shooting this 450 on the 2nd. And then the 8th and 9th is the Fresno tournaments. So, I'm hoping I'm hoping to figure the setup out and just get my shit together, start rolling. Um, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a really fun year, uh, just because Austin Watts is out there, fucking kicking doors in. Mark Rubio is hungry as always, kicking doors in, and then there's all the black horses, the people that you know are right there that are ready to snatch a gold or snatch some money. I'm really looking forward to seeing if my buddy Alan can uh, can take some wins here in Fresno or even the state 450. And uh, I'd like to work with you know a couple of my homies if I can just to make sure everyone's up to speed. You know, with that being said, I'm no, I'm no coach. Uh pretty much anything I tell my homies would be the same thing you guys are listening to on this podcast. So <laughs> That's how I'm going to coach my friends. Uh and you know, listen to episode like 5 through 6 and hit like and subscribe on all those for me, will you? <laughs> But anyway, guys, um, this episode brought to you by DB Custom Coatings, Darren and Bet Napa. They are my homies, my homies, and they are uh, coating masters. You guys should all check out their Instagram. They've done a couple American flag bows. They've done Casey's bow from Lancaster, you know, the Lancaster heiress. Uh, Darren's work scene in the Olympics. It's freaking cool. Yeah, he would be seracoding my bow right now if I wasn't such a nut about getting this thing to. I'm trying to harmonize. I'm trying to meld with the bow, <laughs> so I, I can't tell where I begin and then the bow ends. You know what I mean? Uh, like we're becoming one. So I shoot my arrows that way. Um, yeah, Darren and Bet. As soon as Vegas is over, I'm going to have this thing seracoded. Um, unless I can put significant wear on the, the powder coat that's on it now, because there's nothing I think that looks cooler than battle damage. Um, carbon craft stabilizer. So check this out guys, right before I let you go, you can hear about some more shill stuff that I did. I tried out the bee stinger hex bars. My buddy Alan, let me try them out. 13 to 15, exact same dimensions as my carbon craft bars. I shot him, shot the 26X game against Austin with him, right? Thinking, all right, these are all right. These are cool. They are way wigglier than the Carbon Craft Bar, and they're a little heavier. I mean, we're just splitting hairs here. They're just a little heavier. They're definitely wigglier, though, so the shots feel more damp, right? Like when the shot breaks, it feels more absorbed. The shock of the shot feels more absorbed. Um... And the more I shot with them, I realized I didn't like them. The pin float's too weird. I mean, I'm only shooting five ounces and I think seven and five ounces right now. 
So I'm like, what the hell? Um, went back to the carbon craft bars and everything cleared up again. And you know, I know carbon craft, it's hard to get bars right now from them because of the supply chain issues. I'm all down to try a bar to dethrone the carbon craft bar. Uh, I really am. But I just keep going back to the carbon craft bar. It does such better work at stabilizing your pin with less. I, I emphasize with less weight. Something about this bar being so damn stiff and light makes it so you can get the job done with less weight. It's the, the thing that tipped me off that the bee stingers weren't working out for me was that I started adding more and more weight to it to get it where I wanted it. And then, you know, I started dipping at the bottom. I wanted the bee stingers to work <clears throat> because I am a gold tip dude now. And, um, you know, why not fly the flag? Why not be a good soldier and shoot shoot all the bee stinger? I mean, all the gold tip stuff. <sighs> and I would, but goddamn, the carbon craft bar is still king. Um, I'm looking for a way to dethrone it, but it's just not happening. Uh, I'm I'm shooting the 15 and the 30. Part of me wants to try like a longer front bar, but I don't know. Again, like I said before, guys, it's not the time to be fiddling with stuff now. Now's the time to be ironing out your shot process. Remember what? If you guys go back and listen to the John Weaver interview that I did where I interviewed John Weaver... He's a guy who crushed the state 900 here. Um, He would say, like, you know, get your bow figured out and spend a majority, a lion's share of the time shooting it and and melding, you know, figuring your style out to to fit with the bow. And I still believe that. That's why I keep saying 500 shots before you change anything. If you throw something on your bow, give it 500 shots before you tear it off. You know, or if you change a bar or put different weights on, give it give it five hundred before you uh, wreck it. You know. Oh, all right, guys. All right. White Russians got me. So I'm gonna go wrap Christmas presents. Merry Christmas, everybody. I mean, if you're Jewish, you know, Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you're into, Happy Holidays. And um, just rock and roll.